Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday, Father. We should have this day off. Oh, The my. day after the Super Bowl yeah, should be off. a national holiday. I'm they, I think the NFL <laughs> wants to move. I know we're talking about this, you know, in the first place and the second, but the NFL, I think their end game is to move it to President's Day weekend so we could have President's Day, you know. Most for those who have President's for Day. For those who have, you know, George is salty because he doesn't have it. I At do least not. for now. Maybe I'll change my mind. Um, that comes from downtown. It doesn't come from me. I never um, said it came from you. I just said I don't have it. I know. <laughs> Neither do I. Anyhow, but you, it should be a national holiday. Like Election Day? <gasps> oh, we're Ooh, going there. Yeah, we're done. So let's not go there. <laughs> no, but it's like, but uh, it should be because everybody's tired this morning. I mean, the game ended around a little past 10, so it's like. That wasn't too bad. No, man. I mean, we're going to talk about this more in the, in the second second, but th- that the pregame lasted like forever. All right, we'll talk about that in the second segment, but that's another story. But we also had a lot. We had also had a busy weekend here in the parish. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm I'm tired, but it's that like, if it makes sense, that energized tired. Yeah, we've talked about coming that off an, an amazing weekend, mm-hmm. and oh, what a beautiful weekend it was. You got a new phone case? I just noticed. Yeah the the little kickstand <laughs> broke, so I had to get a new one. It's <laughs> random random things we talk about on the podcast. Here. Mm, exactly. <laughs> And it looks good. Anyhow, it was a great weekend, but start off Friday, we had confirmation, and we had how many, 90 kids? 89 candidates. I should know this, I'm the pastor. Uh, so we had uh, we had 80, 86 eighth graders, mm-hmm. uh, Seb, one of the, yeah, one of the brothers siblings, of, our, yeah. of our eighth graders, and then we had two young adults uh, who joined us from different parishes, yeah. one who's getting married two weeks from yesterday. Wow. There you or go. from Saturday, I should from say. Saturday. So, yeah, no, the... It was. It was, and, it, and you said it was the most attended confirmation we've had in, we've had in a yeah, while. Yeah, I mean, having it on a Friday helped, right? Because we usually have our confirmations on Wednesday Wednesdays. or Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so having a Friday helped, but the balcony was completely packed. Obviously, the the main nave of the church was was packed, and then there were people standing down the side. It reminded mm-hmm. me of an Easter Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was. It was impressive. I didn't get to see the the vestibule, the entrance area. Well, we didn't open up the curtain. Usually, I talked to the head usher last night in, or yesterday morning, and he. It's his daughter's getting confirmed, so when he asked me is there a collection, and you know I'm going to be thrown out of the fraternity of pastors because I didn't do a collection you know, during this big mass, I, he just went and sat with with his yeah. with his family, and usually he opens up those curtains in the vestibule immediately if there's like two or three people standing there, yeah. and yeah, like I said, who knows how many were standing up there when we walked out, <coughs> there were a lot of people that were congregated on there, yeah. but who knows if they went out there when. But it was just amazing. And then Saturday morning, you did Saturday morning. We had our first communion parent retreat. So we brought the parents of our school second graders and our parish religious ed second year students. Mm-hmm. Brought them all together <clears throat> for a morning reflection in uh, in Comber Hall, and that was powerful. That was powerful, and and I think that's what really what we're gonna yeah focus in on today uncomfortable truth so to speak things that make us uncomfortable and that and that basically was yesterday's gospel and Uh, i didn't plan it that way but you know divine providence does it again like 
just to let's backtrack to the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, we had the Gospel of Beatitudes. We know the Beatitudes. It's an aspiration. We talked about it. This is what we aspire to as Christians, to be poor in spirit, to be meek, to be humble, to be merciful, be peacemakers, etc. Then last week, we had a good, nice, affirming gospel saying, be salt, salt of the of earth and, yep. and light of the world. Okay, very nice affirming. Jesus tells us, you're the light of the world. Hey, it sounds great. And then... Then he says... Now, after he says, this is all in the fifth chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel. Then he says, after he says, let your light shine before others. Then he says immediately, do you think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets? I've come not to abolish, but to fulfill them. And then he just goes into the law. And and I'm literally reading the, like, let's say the little... uh, Titles above each paragraph, or each section here, mm-hmm. teaching about anger, teaching about adultery, teaching about divorce, teaching about oaths, teaching about um, uh, retaliation. All right, that, that's 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 next week. So, but when he goes, when he talks about love your enemies, all right. But it but it's like uh, you you go through this gospel. And it's a long gospel. There's a short version, but I read the long version, which I you know which I did at twelve thirty, and. The homily I prepared was on a specific part of it, which is, you know, if you have something against your brother and are going to the altar, leave your offering there and go make make amends with your brother. So I wanted to focus on and focus upon what I wrote in the bulletin was about mass. But then Jorge sends me after the difficult retreat we gave. It wasn't a difficult retreat. It was just like that we we didn't water it down or sugarcoat the retreat. Yeah, so, so, so you know, the, these retreats... It was for First Communion parents. First Communion parents, you know, a, a lot of... And I don't want to generalize here, but there's a, a lot of parents who come who are not regular mass attendants, mm-hmm. uh, m- mass goers. You know, that's their your occasional, and you know, God bless them because they have their kids at the school or and they enroll the kids in religious ed. But you know, it's these retreats, and not to say they're fluff, but we usually just kind of stay surface, you know, intro level, and then give some personal testimonies. And I said, you know, coming off the confirmation retreat where our eighth graders struggled so much with that sense of sacrifice and suffering, you know, of having to sit on the floor and not having, and, and so many of them, what they took out was, oh, my back was hurting so much. And I know they're just kids being kids. They took out more. They but, don't sell them short. They took out a lot. Of right, right. I'm just saying, you know, in, in the mm. comments that they gave us mm. at the end of the retreat, that that was a, a consistent theme. So I said, you know what? We, we need to go deeper on this, on this idea of, what it means to to suffer, what it means to sacrifice. Oof. And it's like, let's do Lent two weeks before Lent yeah. starts. Yeah, and, and I asked sister, you know, I, I have my talk prepared, and I usually did give the first talk, and I said, no, let me have sister do the, the real catechetical talk, Sister Rosalie, our principal. Uh, let me have her do the catechetical talk, and she did an amazing talk on uh, on and suffering and sacrifice, redemptive, redemptive suffering. suffering. Yeah. You know, on offering it up with PowerPoint and everything. I walked yeah, in. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Oh, she loves her PowerPoint. She does. <laughs> you know, and then we had two very powerful testimonies to kind of bring that, and it was very high theology that she threw at us, you know, to bring that down into lived experience. And I think that's what really drove it home for the parents, right? So what, you know course, that that it wasn't just this fluff. It was it was real solid teaching. And they were able to receive it, and they were able to kind of see how that got put into everyday living. 
Yeah, so what Hori's talking about is that we had two parent testimonies of parents in our community have gone through moments of suffering and how the Eucharist really is the uh, you know something that is that unifying grace that brings us together i'm i'm thinking you know that you know that beautiful gift that god gives us to heal that allows us to heal and and used and use the term often this is my blood given for you and the thing is we don't like to suffer we don't like to hear hard truths we don't like to we don't like to be uncomfortable okay and that's now right after the region i already had planned my homily yep. for this weekend uh, or he sends this. I you could say this is almost like a homily. What it's yeah, from our Sunday sure. visitor, sure. from from a priest called uh, Father Joshua Woodfield, who I follow on Twitter, who's, who's very good. I believe he's based out of out of Dallas, and who is has written books about preaching. I mean, one of these days I'll get around to reading one of them. But I but I but I've read his stuff before, so it wasn't it wasn't shocking to me that you that he wrote something like this. So let we're going to read you some excerpts of of what. Yeah, so, so he titles it, We Grow When We Are Bothered by Jesus. Hmm. And it's from their opening the word series. So it, it is really a, a homily that they publish every single week to, to bring to light the, the gospel for that week. And he starts, To be nervous about holiness, to fear being a saint is normal. Don't be embarrassed. We're all a little bit nervous about it from time to time. Even we clergy can get in the way. Can get that way, excuse me. Beware of the priest not being honest about such fear. Changing for the better. Growing in Christ, it's literally an awesome thing. It should make us nervous. I can can I make a comment about the beware of the priest who doesn't who isn't honest about such fear? One of, and I, I spoke about this on another podcast that I was on recently about how I you know do how I craft my homilies and the process I go through. And one of the things that I was taught very early on when I was started writing homilies is give witness. Now. There's a lot of conflicting schools of thought as to whether how much the priest should or should not give about not his personal life, but just like personal lived experience. Because I think that it ground. I mean, I I do it. I think that it grounds the people into saying, "Look, this this priest. I mean, is living this as much as we are." Sure. Yesterday, when I was talking about, you know, like I said, my homily was about the mass and talking about that part of the gospel where. You know, where Jesus says, you know, leave your gift at the altar if you have a quarrel with your brother. And and how do we approach masses? Basically, was my thesis of the hom- of the homily. And I don't know how many times I said, you know, I said, you know, we we all come in looking for grace, looking for communion, and we all come in here because we're sinners. And I said, including the priest right here, and I pointed to myself. Yep. And I think that's important. And so when he when 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 Father Whitfield says, beware the priest not being honest about such fear. And, and that's something that I am wor- that I worry about, especially with our younger priests. Well, that doesn't have a problem with that. You know, <laughs> I just want to make that perfectly clear, two and a half years into or- you know, after ordination. That some priests that think that they have to project this, you know, like, I'm Superman, I'm holier than thou, and I have to keep my arms folded and, you know, <coughs> and, and do all these things. Yep. I've encountered those priests. And while they may be, you know, give good homilies, that are, but... Are they effective ministers? I'm not. I'm not criticizing any priest in particular. I'm just, and but and neither is Father Woodfield. It's just saying that we have to be honest. Yep. The Holy Father's honest yep. when he preaches. I mentioned it yesterday when the first interview he gave after he was elected Pope. They asked him, "Who is Jorge Bergoglio?" First thing he said, he was, "I'm a sinner." 
I mean, that's that's raw. Yeah. So if, you know, to, to, to Father Whitfield's point is like, we have to be nervous about, and we have to fear, you know, the changes that are that are in that are needed for us to be saints, and if a priest doesn't communicate, goes, yeah, I'm nervous too because I need to make changes in my life to be able to communicate that holiness and that word to you. So the priest should be raw and not say, all right, today's gospel tells us that Jesus says I haven't come to abolish the law and just basically gives you a synopsis of the mm-hmm. gospel. We just heard the gospel. You don't need something. You need to bring it down yep. and break it open as Jesus did for the disciples of Emmaus. Yep. That's what we're called to do. So. That's the first paragraph. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he continues, We drag our feet, hesitate, and hedge our bets. We shy away from it sometimes, and sometimes we straight up run away. That's just the way we are on occasion. It actually belongs to the tradition. Grant me chastity, but not, but please, not yet. That was St. Augustine, wasn't it? Nicodemus was interested in Jesus, you'll remember, but he sought him out only when it was safe, when no one was looking, when it was dark. The rich young man was interested in Jesus too, but he walked away sad. He was, af- he was afraid to give up his riches. He was so close to eternal life. And Jonah, well, he jumped on the first boat out of Joppa. He wanted nothing to do with what God wanted him to do. To be a little nervous about God's call is nothing new. Whether it's the initial call to repent, the sometimes frightening sense of one's vocation, or the persistent awareness that I must change my life, apprehension or even vacillation is understandable. As the martyred Lutheran theologian Diedrich Bonhoeffer said, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. That's frightening. At first blush, we don't like the idea. Nervousness here is normal, especially when the Christ we encounter is real. Again, because it's an awesome thing. Oh boy, quoting Bonhoeffer. When I saw that, he's quoting Bonhoeffer. I'm like, whoa, we're Here we go. No, let, let's reread that quote again. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Think about when he calls the disciples. The disciples don't know. We had that uh, reading four weeks ago. The disciples don't know where they're going. All of them, except John, were going to their death. Yep. What The adventure they were embarking on would lead them to martyrdom, a very gruesome martyrdom. So what Dietrich Bonhoeffer is saying, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. Now, that's physical death. With us, when Christ calls us, and, and again, we're being very lenty in our in our podcast this morning. That's right. Still, we got it. We got to. We got to warm a week, them up. Week and two days away. We got to warm them up. <laughs> so, when Christ calls us, there's certain parts of our life that need to die. There's certain parts of our life that we need to put to death. Certain things that we need to let go of. Certain vices that we have to they have that we have to go away. That's why we sacrifice things during Lent because we want to follow Christ unreservedly, and we say, "All right, this part of my life." I'm going to sacrifice it during Lent so that I could have more time to pray or have more time for this, have more time for that, whatever that may be. So it, it is a beautiful thing. And of course, it brings us nervousness because it's like, yeah, but it's like, you know, it's I'm, right now I'm, 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 I'm like doing the whole like, right now I'm, I'm twitching my finger, my two finger, my index finger, my middle yeah. finger uh, up against my thing like a, like a, like, like a, a, chain a, a chain smoker, like going, I, re- <laughs> I, re- I really want to give up smoking for life, but I can't do it. I'm like, I, I can't. I'm channeling, for whatever reason, Robin Williams' <laughs> genie in, in Aladdin there. I don't know why. But yeah, it's like we're there and we're nervous and, and, and it's like, but God will give us a grace to do it. But, but it's making us feel uncomfortable. Now, you said a very interesting word, and I, and I told you, I'm going to steal that line yeah. from my homily. You said to the parents... About what about the gospel? Yeah, so after Sister finished her her talk, 
I went up, you know, and just to kind of transition it in. And, you know, I, I was at the very back of the room while she was speaking. And I could see, you know, the squirmy, you know, like, yeah, some of the stuff that she's saying is going to make, is gonna make people call. uncomfortable. <laughs> and, and no, not just, not just, you know, the uncomfortableness of sitting there. Like she was, she was delivering hard truth. They were only sitting there for 40 minutes. It wasn't, it no, wasn't no, no, no. That's why the, the squirming was like, oh, yeah, I have to be confronted with this with this truth that we teach as a church and, and what we believe. And you could tell like some of the parents maybe didn't like it too much. And I went up there and and I just said, you know, if you just heard anything that made you uncomfortable, if you just heard something you didn't like, good. <laughs> good. You know, own it. Accept it. it. Reflect on that. What What is it that made you uncomfortable about that? And more importantly, what is it that Jesus is trying to tell you in that discomfort? He's, he's trying to draw. And when I mentioned that yesterday in my homily, I said, that means that Jesus is, and the Holy Spirit is pointing you towards something that needs to change. So, for example, to bring it, and, and we're going to get into how Father Whitfield mentions the gospel in a second. Um, like, even though I was talking about that, the Mass particularly yesterday, but when I, I did like maybe a 30-second or to a minute gloss over the, the gospel, which is like, I said, there's 10, homily, <laughs> there's 10 homilies here. There Absolutely. really are. And I still went long <coughs> yesterday, which I shouldn't have. But I said, you know, you probably heard something, you know, that you didn't like. Jesus talks about anger. Jesus talks about judgment. He talks about adultery. Hello. I go... And so if Jesus, I, I said in Spanish, you know, touched a nerve, you know, touched a nerve, touched a button there, that I go, that's a good, that means the Holy Spirit is saying that that thing that made you uncomfortable, that needs to change. And so now Father Whitfield gets into how it comes into the gospel reading and the homily that he gave. So in our gospel readings, this pa these past few months, we've anticipated Christ celebrated his birth, wondered at his epiphany, and watched the beginnings of his public ministry. Now as we've begun to hear Jesus preach, his beatitudes on the mountain, his call to be salt and light, the question is whether we've fallen in love with him enough to trust him enough to hear the hard and challenging truths he desires to give us. Can we hear what Jesus has to say about violence? Can we hear what he has to say about adultery, divorce, lying and truth-telling? Can we hear about what sort of people we Christians really ought to be? Peaceful, truthful, chaste, monogamous. Are you starting to get a little nervous? I am. As I said, drawing near to Christ, especially the biblical Christ in truth, is an awesome thing. So all those things, it should make us feel uncomfortable because Jesus is very clear. You know, so you think about, and, and I know I'm thinking about it because I know I have him in my, in my, in my flock. I know I have them in the pews, my in my in my faithful. I'm there and I'm, I'm and I'm reading the gospel. I didn't have a deacon at my, at my mass yesterday, and I'm reading the gospel. You've heard it said, "You shall not commit adultery." But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with, with lust already has committed adultery in, in in his heart. Then about divorce, it was also said, "Whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce." But I say to you, when whether someone whenever someone whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So there's someone like, okay, I'm looking at my wife. I'm, she's divorced. I'm not, you know, and like I said, I had already planned what I was going to say, 
but I was I was reading it and it was a children's mass at the twelve thirty mass history. So it's like and I said it, I go, I really wanted to talk to the children. The children were present, they were reading and they were part of the choir. It's like I really didn't want to go yeah. too deep in adultery. And I went into marriage last week because yesterday was National Marriage Day. But that's something that probably needs <coughs> even though people may know it and may mm -hmm. ignore it, but it needs as a priest, I need to clarify it more. Hopefully they hear the podcast and hear it the clarification that these things can be resolved. You know, I had somebody come up to me during the recess yep. and kind of came with oh, some similar scenario yep. and said, and I said, okay, well, here's how we fix it. Here's how we mend it, you know, by going through the annulment process and right. doing, it doesn't take too much time. I go, everything worth having and worth, worth that's worthwhile takes time and it's difficult. All these teachings are difficult, but if we want eternal life, we have to embrace our cross. We have to be uncomfortable with our faith. Yep. And, and which is the title of the ark. We grow when we are bothered by Jesus. Just, just think about that. We grow when we are bothered by Jesus. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this one thing that Jesus wants me to do. No. You know, that's not how it works. We have to take Jesus in his totality. I mean, we, we, we make light a lot about cafeteria Catholics or cafeteria Christians. And, and they pick and choose what they want. Or, or, and it's like, that's not that's not what it is. We have to take Jesus, just like he takes us as we are, mm -hmm. we have to take him as he is. And he calls us something deeper, something beautiful, something more. And that's why Father Whitfield ends that paragraph. Isn't that an awesome thing? Yeah. And, and you know, that's how I finished, not to kind of jump ahead here for a second. But as I concluded the retreat, you know, having heard Sister Rosalie's catechesis, having heard the, the first parent uh, testimony, and then, you know, sharing... You know, and I, I kind of glossed over it, but I shared a, a little bit about Kiara and Rico, who we've talked about before, and, and kind of brought in a little bit of my own story. But I really wanted to make that final talk, kind of the, you know, bringing it all together. Yeah, and I finished with that beautiful quote that Enrico wrote when he signed the book for us. You know, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Absolutely. You know, it is not easy, but it is so worth it. And that really drove home everything that we talked about on Saturday and then as we gathered around on Sunday, you know, I just hearing this, hearing the gospel, reading this, um, and we'll continue reading it now. But I just kept saying those words. It's not easy, but it's worth it. It's not easy, but it's worth it. But the thing it's is, not be, easy, but it, it's so, so worth but it. But being a Christian is not supposed to be easy. Yeah. Like, for example, it's not easy to be a priest. It's not yeah. easy to be married. It's not easy uh, to, to do so many, like, for example, whatever profession you may have, say if it's worthwhile, yeah. if it's your passion, yep. It's it it's not supposed to be easy, yep. like, you know, right behind me is a school full of teachers. I have a hundred teachers next door, and they're always like, "This is an easy fall, yep. is it?" But but when they get to the end of the year, when when a child accomplishes something, yep. when a child finally gets it, like, this is what's worthwhile. I, I had a, a a former youth group kid that um, gave teaching a try. She was intrigued by it. She she liked it, she, but you know. There was another opportunity presented itself. It was too much to pass up, so she she left the position on Friday, and you know. And I asked her, "Well, what did you learn?" Because I go, I learned so much about myself, but I also learned that, I mean, these kids pull out your heartstrings. I go, eh, that's, "That's what yep. kids do. <laughs> that's what Jesus says. We have to be like them." Yep. You know, it, it's 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 so worthwhile. Yes, there's days that that are frustrating, but and it's definitely not easy. But you're supposed to keep going and say, you know what. The eternal reward that waits for us for 
for if we go through this yep. difficult journey of being a Christian on this earth, then that that's worth it. That's what's awesome. And he continues. So he says, this is why the first question is about whether you're ready to listen. How will you hear Jesus? Yes, of course. These quite sobering verses from Matthew's gospel must be interpreted, and the church guides us here, but they must not be interpreted away. Be very careful of the temptation to interpret the scripture into submission. Preachers sometimes are tempted to do just that, and sometimes we want our preachers to be tempted to do just that. What Jesus is saying here hits like a baseball bat, and who on a Sunday morning wants that? But still, nonetheless, the question remains, are you ready to listen? How will you hear Jesus? Do you want a Catholicism of false sentimentality or a Catholicism of liberating truth? That's another way to put this question. Another way to put it is to ask whether we, are really, whether we really want to hear Jesus say anything at all. Do we? Do you? And, and here comes the, uh, what I call the heresy of the prosperity gospel, mm-hmm. that yeah, we we go to church, but and we, and we like to be. I'll say that we want to have fun. We want to be entertained. Now we like you, Father Man. You're, you're funny, yes. and it drives me up a wall when people say that. I'm like, yes, I know I can be funny, but I'm not being funny for funny's sake. I'm not a comedian. But let's get let's get right to the heart of it. Yeah. You, know, you have to craft a homily every single week. I do. How real is the temptation, especially when we have these really challenging gospels? To just be like, no, oh, yeah. let me let me skip over this part, and well, you know, kind of let me fluff it up a little bit. And you could say I kind of did that yesterday when I said, let me focus on the mass because he's talking about you know when you bring your 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 offering to the altar. But even when talking about the mass, I hit them hard on what are our attitudes when we come to mass. I even hit them like. I started twelve thirty mass, and you know it was a family mass. A lot of a lot of people were 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 coming, or you know. And I started the mass at twelve thirty on the dot. Surprise! <laughs> and I'd say that almost half of the back section of the church was empty, but when I looked out during the homily, it was full. Yeah. So I hit them. I like, listen, you get to a movie on time. And I said the Super Bowl's tonight. You're gonna be sitting at your seat at six thirty mm. on time. Matt, I mean, isn't Jesus more worth it to make? So I hit him hard on that, and you could hit them. You could hit everybody in the parish on that one, because you know at nine o'clock Wayne jokes that you know it's nine fifteen mass. Everybody gets there after nine. Yeah. Same thing at ten thirty. Everybody gets there ten forty five. It, it's like you know. So I did hit them, but yes, so many times you get a difficult gospel. Like I said, I could have addressed the adultery thing, yeah. and if I would have had another mass, only I had two messages, one here and one outside the parish, but. I said, <clears throat> I, I mean, yeah, you got to know, you got to know your, I got, your audience. I have too. to know my audience. It was a children's yeah. mass. And so I said, but I didn't preach directly to the children. I go, let me, but let me hit this on the mass front, but hitting adultery. That's tough. I've done it before. I've done it before. It's uncomfortable, but I sleep better at night when I do it because it's like, you know, not that I lost sleep last night, you know, because. I didn't preach about this. This, like I said, there's ten homilies in this gospel. There's ten, but he's but he says it. You know, do you want a Catholic a Catholicism of false sentimentality or a Catholicism <laughs> that is a liberating truth? I, I just had to go back to my text messages on Saturday mm-hmm. because I sent you that article at hold on. It's one o'clock or two o'clock. I don't remember. It was two forty-five, and half an hour prior to that. 
you know, just kind of reading through some of the reflections, I said, I said to you, tell me again that our parents and families aren't ready or thirsty for the real deal and that we should stick instead to the superficial, emotional, watered down, happy, clappy nonsense. I don't think people want that. No. And it, and it showed. Yeah. And that's literally what, what they stuck out. Deep. And then I read this article and I was like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> well, let's go back one week because you were there. One week, I kind of hit them over the head with a difficult homily. Even though it was a pretty, you know, affirming gospel, you were the light of the world. I said, and that was last week's podcast, mm -hmm. faith is not a private matter. And I hit them over the head with it. And I saw people, and in fact, people approached me and it was uncomfortable. Yep. But I, it, it was important. It drove home the point. Yep. It made me, you know, and, and I talked about it last week. It's like, you know, this, I'm not, I'm not saying we have to preach fire and brimstone every Sunday. We have to, oh, yeah, and have I'm to not saying I have to preach truth. Preach truth. I'm not saying I have to be like a scolding parrot well, every no, Sunday. Truth, truth and charity. But truth and charity, and say it's a liberating message mm -hmm. because when you embrace that truth, it's liberating. Because if, you, if you're just there, it goes, God loves you. God, 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 God really wants you to be happy. God wants you to be. Pro I'm sorry, I'm imitating somebody. God forgive me. God forgive me. God forgive me. Cooper. Anyhow, but this next paragraph. Go for the next paragraph. And it, it's it. This is gold. This is if I could just take this paragraph and and stick it on a frame it, put it in the lobby of every church. It would be. Can you you can tell whether you really want to hear Jesus by asking yourself a few questions. For instance, can Christ tell you no? Can he tell you you're wrong? Can Christ call you a sinner? Can the church tell you any of this at all? Do you let Jesus annoy you? Or do you just keep him at such a distance that Jesus doesn't bother you at all? Hopefully he does bother you, for that is actually a sign of moral and spiritual growth. As I said, drawing near to Christ is an awesome thing. Nervousness is normal. So, may this Sunday make you a bit nervous. Hopefully this gospel reading will have that effect. May Jesus bother you a little. And again, don't be embarrassed. Don't worry about it. For that just might be the stirrings of grace to be annoyed by the Christ who loves you so. Hmm. I mean, think about the disciples. They, had to, they were walking with him and they were saying, oh, he's going, he's going to talk about this again. He's saying this again. You know, because you have to think that Jesus, you know, when he went around and we all, you know, we just have one, pre he went yeah. here and he preached. He had to, you know, Sure, he didn't, I mean, say the Beatitudes only once, <laughs> okay? Or talk about this specific thing only once. Right. But the disciples are right there. And and then Peter will have been around, he's sinner number one. And his successor, his current successor, yep. will admit he's sinner number one. I admitted it yesterday during the Mass as well. And so all these things, you know, can Christ tell you no? You know? Yeah, he can. Why? Because he's Christ. Yep. And then he gives that authority to the church. Can the church tell you any of this at all? Like telling you you're a sinner. Yep. You know, and the thing is that we don't do it, in, in, we, we, we do it with pastoral charity. We don't say, all of you that aren't going to Mass are going to rot in hell. <laughs> you know, well, theologically that may be true. Okay. We don't say it that Not way. Not that way. We don't say it that way. But we say it, you said it earlier. We say it with pastoral charity. Do you let Jesus annoy you? 
I love that. I love that. Because, all right. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, we, all, we all want the smiling Jesus. Okay. I'll give you a personal example. Okay. The gentleman sitting across from me at this table annoys the hell out of me. That's my job. <laughs> yeah. Both, both paid and unpaid. Because there, there's, you know, when, when we finished the thing and when we finished the retreat, we had, I had confessions before, and then I had two weddings after, then I had a 15th at night. And I'm and I and I said, and I'm like I don't care. No, no, no. But I was waiting for you to say what what you and my father had. I, you probably ganged up because we played golf last week, and you probably ganged up and say this is what you signed up for. And I go if you say this way, I'm gonna take a baseball bat. I did scream it down the hallway. The baseball, the other yeah, day. yeah. The baseball bat. He hung a Louisville Slugger above his door, which is very dangerous. No, but the gentleman across me, okay. A friend is supposed to annoy you. A friend is supposed to say, okay. It's supposed to nudge you in the right direction. It's supposed to nudge you into doing what is right. Now, sometimes Jorge is, in the Spanish word is la dilla, in, in terms of like he's annoying to like want to throw you out the An, door. The nth degree. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but at the end of the day, and it's not, I'm not saying that he's always right. <laughs> okay. And there's sometimes I say, no, Jorge, we're doing it this way. Uh, not fine, the, fine. Not, not because I'm the pastor, but because this fine. is the way I feel like we should be doing it. And there's, and you know, and, and, and hopefully it goes back and forth. But yes, a friend is supposed to annoy you. A friend who's only only lifts you up. A friend who only, you know, I don't want to say the word because I'm not on the other podcast. You know, a, a friend who only kisses your, your, your mm-hmm. you know, where you sit. I mean, okay, it's nice to have around. It strokes your ego, whatever. But are they really helping you grow? And that's a good thing. It's a good definition of friendship, if we, if, you know, if we, as we take this tangent. And if Jesus is truly your Lord... And we went through the 80s. Like, Jesus is my best friend. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is my homeboy. Remember the, yep. the t-shirts in the early 2000s? <laughs> you know, but your friend is supposed to tell you some harsh truth sometimes. And the church, which is our mother, who is our mother, needs to tell us harsh truths. See, John Paul II never shied away from that. And he was criticized for it. John Paul II... You know, you know, I forget. Well, nearly died, five, five, nearly died because of it. Yeah, five to seven. Yeah, five to seven times I think came to, to this country, and called us out as a country for our sins, especially the sin of abortion, but other sins that we committed as a country. Now, if this current pope does that, oh, he's anti-American. No, he's Argentinian. Doesn't you know he's anti-Yankee? Okay, but he calls out. He's been calling out Russia since last February. Because of the war in Ukraine, he just went down to Africa and called out governments who, you know, murdered people and and groups who murdered people and committed mass genocide. You know, we're supposed to be. That's what being a prophet is. It's not just foretelling the future. It's telling our truths, and that's why the prophets in the Old Testament were killed. Jonah. That's why Jonah didn't want any part of that. He mentioned Jonah. He said, "I'm I'm I'm hopping the the, the first first boat out. I'm going to get on it." No. Jesus is supposed to, you know, does he annoy you? Do you keep him as, or do you keep him at such a distance that Jesus doesn't bother you at all? See, then, then, then you're not really being, mm-hmm. just like I said last week, you're not really being a Christian. A follower of Christ doesn't keep Jesus at a distance. No, a follower of Christ says, no, Jesus, I need you to walk with me right here. Sometimes, and sometimes, like the footprints analogy, yeah. and sometimes you have to carry me. I have one issue with, uh, with fathers, call him here. Well, mine or his? Oh, no, with his. his. Okay, with his, because he finished. May Jesus bother you a little. 
I go, no, 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 not a little. Not a little. <laughs> he's, being he's being kind. He's being kind. He's like, let's go. Let's go. Because, listen, in the process of conversion, more often than not, more often than not it's baby steps. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, there are people that will try to drastically change your lives overnight after going through treatment. And more often than not, that fails. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, you know, you're a marathoner. You can't, like right now, if I said, Jorge, go out the door and run 26.2 miles, you can't do it. Okay? You build up. Well, I might, but it'll be very, very, very painful. No, I'm just saying, but it's but you you train, and yep. your sister just did one, and, and she's listening to us from the other side of the world, but <laughs> she just did one, and but mm -hmm. she trained for months yep. and in rain and in searing heat and all that. You have to train. Same thing in the spiritual life. It's like you've all heard of the confessors that say, okay, Father, I... I you know, I have this, I, I commit this in or whatever it is. And you say, okay, let's, let, let's try to cut it down. You know, and, and even when people say, father, it's like, I, I can't get into the mass. It's like, all right, let, let's try, you know, I only go once a month. All right, let's try to make it two a month. Yep. And then let's, let's go make it three months. And then, yep. then, then you're going every, before you know, you're going every Sunday. Yep. So that's why probably where I'm, I'm defending a brother priest. Uh, you know, it's like, that's why, you know, the people that try to do everything. It's like those who try to quit smoking yep. cold turkey. I don't know why I'm on the smoking thing today. Uh, it doesn't usually take on the first time. It usually, you have to go a little, you have, you have to, you know, you, you have to get medical help or get For the patches sure. or whatever it is. That, and you may and fall. We got, and we have to fall. Right. Because it's in falling, we get back up. But, but and, and then we learn, okay, that's that's where I tripped up. And, then the, then the, and now we can identify it. And then the big one is like, you know, how many steps does it take an alcoholic to recover? Twelve. It's not something that's overnight. It's like you have to take steps. And yes, even you may go, you know, you say, I had my last drink on this day, but I need to take 12 steps to be able to make sure that that holds. Because if I don't take those 12 steps, there was a great article that was written. I have it somewhere. Uh, it was about, oof, it was right before, it was 20, 21 or 22 years ago during Lent that Bishop Snyder, uh, the the uh, the, the at the time was was the uh, bishop of Saint Augustine up in North Florida wrote he said Jesus is genius because he preceded the twelve step program you know he he knows what conversion is and in fact he preceded it because in the fifth one where you have to make you know you have to you know tell somebody okay this is this is what I've done yeah. this is how I've hurt people that's confession yep. because there's a psychological release when we do that and see and you talk about we are talking about uncomfort. What's the thing as Catholic that makes us the most uncomfortable? Going to confession. Because we confront these hard truths that Jesus throws at us, and then we say, okay, this is how, this is how I've sinned, and this is how I've wronged Jesus, and this is what I need to say to the priest. And that makes us uncomfortable. You know, and it's supposed to. And it's, it's being crucified on the cross. It hurts. But we know that at the other end of that, yep. it's glory. That's right. So, Jesus wants to bother you, my friends. Just like this Yahoo right here bothers me every day. But I love it. Okay? We should love it. No, and, and you should love the people. The people who I'm closest to, the people who I love the most, obviously my parents, my sister, yep. like you know, the people that I'm closest to, yep. are the people who have no problem telling me, Man, you're too full of yourself. Yeah, I mean, yes, people get annoying after, after like annoying for the wrong reasons, right? Or it's like you can do no wrong, right? It's like, no, man, it's I'm not 
I'm not Jesus. I'm going to screw up. I'm going to mess up. Call me out on it. Don't just, yes, yes, yes. Everything you're doing is is great. No, it's not. (laughs) And whether it be in the professional environment or as friends, we've called each other out. Absolutely. Okay. To the point that we've both been moved to tears because, you know, we expect so much of each other. (laughs) We do that when one of us lets the other down, it's like, oh, man. Imagine that relation with Jesus when we let him down, when we let ourselves down because we didn't measure up to what we're called to be as Christians. So I did this yesterday, you know, when I preach on a specific part of this of this gospel. It's Matthew 5, starts at verse 17 and ends, at least this week's gospel, ends at verse 37. So it's 20 verses, 17 through 37, fifth chapter of St. Matthew. It's still the Sermon on the Mount. He's still talking to his disciples. He's laying out uncomfortable truths. You know, this is going to continue, and it's going to continue even more because we have Lent coming up. Yep. Yeah, Lent. You thought there was going to be a let up? Nah. <laughs> I'm like, didn't we just celebrate Christmas? Well, yes, we did. You know, because because this weekend, Jesus continues. And not like it gets much better in Easter either. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's it's part of our faith. It's part of our faith. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth this weekend. That's this coming weekend. So I invite you to read this gospel, 17, Matthew 5, 17-37. Read it. Meditate over it. What makes you uncomfortable? If it makes you uncomfortable, maybe that's what you, maybe, you know, you're probably thinking, what am I going to do during Lent? Maybe that's what you need to work on during Lent. And in fact, read, read the rest of the fifth chapter. While you're at it, read the rest of the fifth chapter of, um, of St. Matthew's Gospel. Read the whole. From, it starts on the Beatitudes and finishes with love your enemies. You know? That's hard. Actually, that was a commercial. We're going to talk about it next. That was a commercial. I don't think it was well done. But yes, Jesus did call us to the right. We'll, we'll talk about that in the second segment, but read the entire gospel, the, the entire fifth chapter of St. Matthew, that entire portion of the gospel, because, yes, he starts out great. Beatitudes this is what we strive for. Salt of the earth, light of the world, lifts us up. But then he says, then he like softens up, and then, bam, hits you. Do you allow yourself to be bothered by Jesus? running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? Ashley stacks $100 richer today. She won the squares. No. So when I first saw my numbers of eight and five, I was so upset. I wanted no, the I lucky a... seven. I wanted the zero. I wanted the three. So when I got those numbers, I'll be honest, I saw your notification and I put it away and I let it be. I was more worried about the other boxes that you know I got involved with. And then after the game, I get all these text messages. Congratulations. I'm like, what did I win? And I was I, shocked. Dancing. I don't know. I was dancing. The game that I, was, I was paying attention to the first, second, and third quarter. I was not paying attention. I mean, I knew my numbers and I knew 3 3. I got, 3 3. I was, I was exact. That's good. But it's, you but, had good numbers. But the thing is that these are not field goal kicking teams. Yeah, true. So anyways. I had 7 1, and I, I was. All right. Before we get into a few iterations, I, I could have had, but no. Nah. Let's talk about the game. It was a great game. It was. What a game. It oh. was a great game. Uh, 
I said, and I think Corey said as well, we thought Philly was going to win because of their front seven. How many sacks did they record uh, of, of Patrick Mahomes last night, Ashley? Zero. None. That was like, props, it just goes to show you. And, and actually, this applies to both teams. The offensive line is so important. Chris Greer, if you're listening What's to me. What's an offensive line? I'm a Dolphins fan. What's that mean? Jeez. What are those words? <laughs> My goodness. My goodness. They held. They really, really held. I mean, it was it was such, the trenches were well. They opened up holes for both teams. You could have made a case, and it's been done. It's there. There is precedent for this, and obviously, this is the early days of the Super Bowl. But one of the one of the Dallas Cowboys that was inducted in the Hall of Fame on Saturday, and congrats to, uh, on Thursday, and congrats to Zach Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Was the the MVP of the Super Bowl was on the losing team? Oh well. And you could have made a case that Jalen Hurts was the best player on the field last last night. He was so so good. And then three tu- three rushing touchdowns, a passing touchdown, yeah. never been done before. And then the commercial that they had before they started the game, they had it where they showed Tua how he lost his starting spot to Tua. Yeah, the promo, yeah. So that yeah. was like a little jab to the Dolphin fans always. That's why. That's why I said I think I, I was all day saying I was. People were asking me. I don't. Know, I don't know why people care what I, my guess. You know, the people love me, so I get to care what I think. <laughs> all right, but it's like I said. I think the Eagles are going to win, but I'm rooting for Kansas City because of that. Because I don't want. That narrative that yeah. that Tua, who was the better player at that point, at that point of his career, okay, yeah, and that's and changed. you know what? At certain points of this this year, yep. for that one voter who gave Tua a third place vote in the MVP <laughs> of voting, uh, at certain points, <laughs> at some point this year, Tua was the better player also before he got injured. So that narrative, uh, except that fumble, Ooh, that was changed, changed the game the whole because. Game. Philly looked like he was blow. He was going to blow the door off. It was only the second quarter, and yeah. you can't really listen. Kansas City has come back now in the two Super Bowl wins. They were down ten points in both in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It was just so for the last eight years. The team, fun fact: the team who has won the coin toss the last eight years has actually been the team who lost the Super Bowl eight really? years straight. Huh. So Kansas City just broke that little and uh, and and Kansas City also broke the the thing with the the since. Kurt Warner did it in 1999. The player oh, yeah. who, who wins the MVP of the league, not the MVP of the Super Bowl, who MVP of the league has lost the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's happened nine times. Nine times. How many times? Nine. nine? It's a Ferris Bueller I reference. Know. I know. No, it was a great game. It kept me on your toes. I a lot of people predicted a close game. That's what I predicted. Um, and we had it to a lot. What of a game! Fans. That was, was fun. It? Now holding, holding at the end. Holding or not holding. I think that the, uh, I think that the result I may not have affected the result of the game. No, it affected so the, the, the the exciting the Philly drive, a yeah. potential Philly drive. So back. It, it was third and eight. It was third and eight, and Booger McFarland on I, I, NFL primetime. They, boy, they lucked out. They had a great show afterwards. I mean, they were about to. And Ashley loves this because she loves to give inside baseball stuff at ESPN. You know, usually they come on. Chris Berman's on the field with Steve Young and Booger McFarland, and. They are about to start the highlight package, and all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes walks behind them. They pulled Patrick onto their oh, well. mini set, and it's just literally a table on the on the end zone that they have, and and he talks to them for like ten minutes. Yeah. Then they're about to go into, and then Andy Reid comes by and gives Chris Berg a big old hug, and they start talking to Andy Reid. And then while they, when they finally get to the highlights, Travis Kelsey gets to the set, and Chris Berg, while he's 
narrating the highlights, he does an amazing job. He hasn't lost his fastball. You know, Patrick makes you feel at home, Mahomes, or something like that. I did it wrong. Travis Kelsey there, and they're showing a, a split screen of the of the highlights and Kelsey's reaction. This is the first time that Kelsey's seen game tape of. I mean, he remembers the plays, but seeing the actual highlights, yeah. so it was really cool. And you know, confetti everywhere. And I'm thinking of is, I just want one. They have two in the last four years. I just want one, and I could die in peace. Come on. You know, I was watching. I was going to text you during the game. I, you were quiet during the game. I was. You know, well, we ordered takeout from uh, Yard House, so that took up some of my uh, busyness. It was so good. But um, but no, like, I, I kept vision to myself, like, this could is this going to be us one day? How would I? I would be there, right? Like, I would I would not. I would you, be you, you, did you see the, t- the prices for I the- would sell my kidney for it. Like, <laughs> oh! We, we, would, we would make it happen, right? Like. But I just dolphins are just so we're close. far from that. Though. No, we're not. I don't think we're far from. Uh, it. We're right now. We are eighth in the pro in the futures. But those teams. I mean, I think maybe it's just the quarterback. No, maybe it's just I think seeing that Tua compared to Mahomes and Jalen are just. It's crazy, but here's I, the crazy thing. I don't. Thing. I don't. I mean, other than the running, I don't think that in terms of accuracy, I think Tua is better. You're right, but next year I don't know if you Facts. look at the schedule. We actually we play played them both, both on the road. Those are the yeah. Are you going to both those games? Both. Those are the two that Whoa. we decided before Whoa. even. The, no, that was that's always in the that's always in decided. Before I the, think we're gonna open up against Kansas City on a Thursday night game. It might um, be the Bills too, or you know the Bengals. No, play. I think that high no. Kansas City and the Eagles are also slated to play next year. But they won't open up. They won't keep that game as an open game. Uh, They'll push that back that's a possibility. Somebody uh, Adam Schefter made that, nope. that made that possibility a reality. Like I don't know if the thing is the winner plays at home. Yeah. I don't know if Kansas City has to go on the road, but if, if I'm can and they they have to play the division winner of, of of every division in the AFC, and they are playing the NFC East. Ooh, which means that are they playing the NFC East? Because that means Dallas always a big draw. On a oh Thursday God. night. Talking about Dallas. I'm glad Dak won it, right? Of course you want a Jalen oh, Phillips. Oh, the, the Walter Payton, Walter Payton. Man, man of the year. Jalen Phillips is doing so many no, great things No, Dak's done a lot here. of good stuff for mental health. But even down here in South Florida, Jalen has worked with uh, kids who are incarcerated. He worked with the homeless. He worked with single moms. He, for being so young worthy down here in the media, he's doing excellent. So I really, really think one day he'll win it. Now back back to the game to finish up in the game. Still holding. No, still not hold, holding. No, no, not, holding. not holding. Excuse me. Not and, holding. And Maybe by letter of the law, right. yes, but Tiki Taki called Greg that, Olson, in that spot. Greg Olson, who called the game, and we'll talk about it in a second, he went off, and he argued with Mike Pereira in the booth about that. But, Ashley, you, you follow the inside baseball stuff, and like I said, how great was Greg Olson? No, he did excellent. You could tell that they weren't pulling for one team or another, which you do see and hear, you know, when these 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 guys come. They weren't over games. the top. They weren't. They taught you things. I saw your tweet that you know you you learn things from the game, and just when you think you know the game, you, yeah, you hear I like that. learning things. It was it was good play call and good, you know, it, it was smooth. It was very smooth. Like, I'll, I'll give me an example of Greg Olson that really impressed me. Like the last touchdown that the Chiefs uh, scored right before they scored it, they had a play that that mirrored the Vegas one they did in the last week of the year, the regular season, where the guys were doing like a merry-go-round, like, uh, like yeah. a carry, you know, like, like, you know, going around, and then they stop. And now one of the players, one of the offensive linemen, lines up as a down dribble receiver. Yeah. Here's what I didn't know. On the next play, if, you ha- if you're an offensive lineman, you can't be an eligible receiver on consecutive plays. Go figure. Know, know and that. Greg Olson mentioned that yeah. because the next play, the, so that accomplished two things. 
it, it even though the play didn't work because Philly covered that <sighs> offensive lineman, they were ready for that. Yeah. But then it puts into the mind of Philly, okay, what's Andy Reid going to pull out his bad tricks next? Yeah. What did he pull out of bat? Whatever it is, he had an open receiver. Why No one within an area code of him yeah, for the winning, for the winning touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And so it does these things. Greg Olson caught it immediately. The and then towards the end, after the holding call, which he vehemently disagreed with, he sa- and he had said this actually even before the holding call. Here's what's going on after the two-minute warning. I go, the, the Chiefs pick up a first down. You do, don't score a touchdown. You get down and you kick the chip shot yeah, field yeah, goal. Because yeah. you're tied. If you're, if you're losing, yeah, you, you go for whatever they give you. Yeah. But as soon as... I forget. I don't know if it was Pacheco that took it, and he was going towards Pacheco the goal. Had a hard hit. I didn't and think he was and come back. and no. And when the, when Philly just said, "Yeah, you go ahead and score," so we get the ball and back. He almost went in, and he almost no. His foot touched the line, but <laughs> you need to it, push it, him in at that no, no, point. No, no, the foot doesn't. Yeah. His foot touched the line, but it doesn't. It's not the foot. It's the almost touch the line. It's it's the ball that's yeah. across it. But he was he's, he's saying, "Get down, get down, get down." Smart he football. and it's not like he was rooting for the Chiefs. He was just saying, "This is what smart football is," yeah. and then. The other turning point in the game was like when Mahomes went down in the second quarter. I'm like, uh oh. We all did. I go, here we go. Here goes. And they were still down. They were, you know, they went down in the in the second half in the in the first half. So, but if there was a time to get injured like that, that was the perfect time. Absolutely. It was a 29 minute halftime. Because you're going into halftime, you could retape it, get some painkillers, let that kick in. Yeah. Yeah. It was 12 minutes during the year, and it's 29 minutes. I didn't know it was that long. I thought it was 20 20, 25. But really quickly, before I get commercials, because I don't think my sisters care, Rihanna? I told you, about a seven, I love her music. I was dancing and singing in the living room and everything. While doing but it. she's prego. She is very, And, very and that, was an ar- that was a point of argument at the party that I was at. Yeah. W- we were watching it outdoors on a big screen with Wi-Fi, and something was off. I don't know if it was the way, I don't know if it came across on TV. She wasn't on really TV. dancing. No, no, I'm, I'm ta- no she wasn't dancing yeah. at that much. But I thought it was like you know I'm Rihanna I don't but I thought it was I thought it was okay uh, yeah some some yeah, movements I, were not like she but, didn't want to be there I, I a lot of people said that too that she wasn't really like into it and stuff um, but and, right but the real important things yeah the commercials of course your favorites um, I liked my favorite one was the Jeep one with the animals the animals like the elect- dancing the electric, the electric slide, slide, slide. And the sloth the giraffes I just kept. Thinking what animals coming next. It's a lot of animals in this also season. Also loved, I love, love, love the Disney one. I'm a huge Disney fanatic to see all those movies and Disney thinking back. You know what that shows though? Disney's hurting. When's the last time they had to put out a so commercial? they actually laid I mean, off 15,000 people. Um, yeah, and ESPN is part of that too. Because yeah. yeah. you get the, you get the, you just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do But that next? happens but, after. Yeah. I know. It's but not the, the $7.5 million dollar But to ad. put a spot in the Super Bowl, I was like, wow. That's, and it was a one minute spot. So that's... Yeah. For uh, fifteen million dollars that now they had I know to shut where out. my annual pass uh, money's going to, <laughs> but no, I really enjoyed that one and uh, the animals. So animals and no, but, but and which ones, Corey? Which one do you like? Uh, well, we said it just before we started recording here that Amazon had a great one. Oh, you're biased. I didn't even I didn't <laughs> know. Was no, that. I I didn't no love one, that. No one didn't. We didn't know it was Amazon until the the plot twist at the at the last at the very end. I was like, oh, that There's is a dog awesome. that he was he was like, and I'm thinking to myself, this is why I don't have a dog. <laughs> This is why I don't have a yeah. dog. This is why I don't have a dog. You don't have a dog, Ash. No, I don't have a dog. I, I in general, the commercials. I thought they were better than la- I thought they were better than recent years. They didn't really. I like the celeb. I don't cam- know. There was like none that like really like pop off. I like the, the celeb like, oh, cameos. Amazing. Agreed. Uh, I have the Ben Affleck one was funny, but I have a a beef with the Ben Affleck doing the drive through at Dunkin' Donuts. Letterman did that years ago, 
at Taco Bell and to a greater comedic effect. Now, what made that commercial was J-Lo coming in at the end. What are you doing? You told me we're off at work. He goes, come on. And wait, wait, first get me a glaze. You know, that was, I go, yeah. when, when was the last time Jennifer Lopez really ate a glaze? So come on. No. Seriously. And the movie trailers were awesome. We won't get into details, Indiana but there's Jones, a lot of good movies coming out. Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, the one about the bear. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Ashley is, I, 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 I was on the show because it came out during the AFC Championship game. I'm obsessed. The one about the bear. Anything um, with animals. I and love illegal animals. substances. That's, uh, that's hysterical. No, there was a lot of animals. There was a lot of ca- there was a lot of animals. celeb cameos. John Travolta, Melissa McCarthy, Will Ferrell did a very good one with, for Netflix. And there was a very, very, very high profile marketing flop. Oh my goodness! Because what, was that bad? what the heck happened with M and M's and Oh Fox is going to turn them to shreds tonight because that was I think it was supposed to be a culture war with between Fox that and M and M's. I mean, I love Maya Rudolph, but it's like. But the whole campaign. And I love M&M. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to stop eating them. It's my candy <laughs> of choice, but. I mean, we knew it was a marketing thing from the start, but then when the actual ads came out. The beer commercials are good and weren't that good this year. No. no. There was I, I like the Miles there. Teller one because that. Was there whole, a Budweiser Clydesdale? There was not. There was oh. a, The Bud Light commercial was that Miles Teller commercial where his girlfriend or wife, I don't know, was on hold for an hour and something. Yeah. And that. Holding music, that hold music, not holding, hold music. I'm still thinking about the penalty that we hear and we, it's like, and they start dancing to it. I'm like, yeah, I can relate to that because that annoys me. Yeah. And the thing is, the reason why it annoys, they want to annoy you because they want you to hang up. Yeah. Oh, customer service. Blue, Blue Moon had a fun, a funny. No, but I had an issue with that. There, there, before it was revealed that it was Blue Moon, it was like, was it a Miller Lite or, or Michelob Ultra commercial? Oh, and they were going back with their phrases. Yeah. You're giving free advertising to your competitors. Unless they went in three ways on the... No, the and then said, no, Blue Moon is better. I'm like, no, don't do that. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's what my take was on that one. No, there, there, were, there, were, some, there were some that were... People don't like the, the, the John Travolta one. I really did like mm-hmm. it because I'm a big fan of Zach Braff and, and mm-hmm. Donald Faison from Scrubs, which is one of my all-time f- uh, favorite shows. Uh the Bradley Cooper T-Mobile with his mom, it was, was just basically outtakes. That was funny. Yeah, and it was, was and I need to go back and see it because it was people talking. Oh. I, I love the people that I was with this weekend and I love the I loved no. the party that I was at. But I have... Super I Bowl told, party pet peeves. Let's go. I don't do Super Bowl parties. I really... You, I, you I, don't? I, Father, I... I li- no, I like Super Bowl parties. Nope. I, 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 I watch the watch second half by myself. I need... It's it's the last game of the year. I'm without football now for no, I months. Love, I have baseball coming up. Which World Baseball Classic is coming up? I coming up. Wait. No, baseball but, but, season. Yeah, I know. We'll talk. Wait, before we get to that. So he was saying Super Bowl party pet peeves is, okay, yeah, big screen, you know, you know, good audio with people that are invested in the game. If there's squares, let's do that, okay? And you cannot talk during commercials. Yeah, I can't deal with people. Okay? No. She can't deal I with can't. people. I can't. No, I like being... I like... The ambience, I love the excitement. I the, the the thing that brought everybody in the party was that that, and it always does. Yeah. Because the girls sometimes are like, eh, okay, but everybody will come in to watch. Everybody was psyched to watch Rihanna. Yeah. And she delivered. She gave. A, I'm not a big Rihanna. I mean, I know I recognize her songs, Umbrella. You know, Where's My Money? That's the first <laughs> word. You know, Work, Work. work all, I know them all, but and I, I recognize. I'd say seventy five percent of the songs she sang. Yeah. 
and just hovering over that. But they all, everybody <coughs> came together. For, but as soon as halftime ended, it was like everyone split. Everyone now. split. I saw. Go. There's my cue. Yeah, and I watched game. the second half of the game. At, at, you know, at home. Thank God, I wasn't very. See, that's my. That's my. Far. That's my issue with the Super Bowl. There's no good time to talk. There's no good time to get no, up and go to the bathroom. It. It's just like a it's long like, time with the game. <laughs> I don't want you don't want to miss a play, but then you don't want to miss miss a commercial. You don't want to miss halftime. So when do I get up? When? <laughs> no, we pause and rewind. No, there's a, a, I don't know. I'm all um, about parties and yeah. So but not Doritos usually does a good job. The the triangle. The triangle. Elton Elton John was a surprise cameo at the end. Eh. Doritos did get did get uh, my wife as soon as the commercial aired. And it finished. She, she got up and got Doritos. And she grabbed. She's like, "Oh, I remember. We have Doritos." And she started eating Doritos. Well, the I was Daytona like, oh. commercial I should have knocked on your door. The, well, that, you know, it's true. The Daytona <coughs> commercial worked because now I'm going to the 500 this week. It worked on you. It did. Yeah. And and Jorge and I were talking about this off air. Everyone was upset at two the Tubi the streaming oh service. Oh my god! It was, I go. Was oh, hilarious. I thought my TV went on the fence. I go. I knew exactly what they were doing. Every woman got yelled at by their husband saying, "Why'd you change the channel?" That was awesome. <laughs> First of all, the announcers—that's not what they were wearing. But the average person. And they were know. they were in a different stadium when they filmed that. That was an excellent. I was, but it worked. We, we, it we, worked. Everyone's talking about Tubi. We are. All right, so to wrap this up, Ashley, you went to Fan Fest because Hoy wants to talk about baseball. Yes, baseball season. You went to pitchers and catchers it's tomorrow. Oh, today. Is it today? Is it today? I don't know. I think it's in three days. Hold is it, I don't know. I, think I know it's that Fan Fest. I just it's know it's week. baseball season. It's this week. I know that the Marlins play a game uh, in a, in two weeks. I bought my spring training tickets. You're going to Jupiter. No, going to Red Sox, Fort Myers, Fun. first week of March. So, Fun. so how was Fan Marlins Fest had at Fan Fest. Lone Depot Park? And, you know, we're season ticket holders and. Any game, you go to Marlins, five to ten people, five to ten thousand people top, maybe five to ten people sometimes, depending on the opponents. <laughs> it was packed. Really? It was good. Lines cool. were wrapped around the parking garages, packed. I couldn't even believe how many people they had there. We had the special access an hour before. It was the State of the Union, State of the Baseball, where you had your president, you had General Biden Manager, was there? Everybody, everybody I'm was there. Kidding, no. kidding, kidding. <laughs> you had your, your big shots there, so we got in early. And all the players were there, minus one, J.J. Blade. Well, now it makes sense because we'll get to that. that's a whole other thing. They had great activities for the kids. The players were so accessible. The Everybody, Miss um, Kim, uh, Father Manny's favorite person in the world. What did I say? No, you, you, Kim Eng, okay, yeah. So I went up to her, and I straight up asked her. I said, I told, I told her I didn't like that Jesus Aguilar is no, more, no longer on the Marlins. Okay. I'm still a little upset about that. And then we asked her about Sexto. Sexto was supposed to be this Sexto Garcia. Sexto, yes. Supposed to be this great, great, great pitcher coming up in the farm leagues. And, you know, we hear all these great things. He gets injured. It's been, what, two years now? Uh, three now. So we 2020 said, like, was how is he still thrown from 60 feet. She admittedly told <laughs> us that he is not progressing as quickly as they would hope. So then we asked her, like, do you see him as a starter relief pitcher? She had no answer. So that goes to show me that that whole thing with him. Is I mean, gone. thankfully we have great depth of pitching, you but do. It, six to six to what he was throwing in that oh, shortened season that, that we was had, filth. it was filth, and could fill in that Pablo Reyes spot that we just traded. Also, but JJ oh, Bleday, your names, your names are all over the map today. Huh? Your names are all over the place today. Pablo Reyes is a friend of mine. Pablo <laughs> Lopez, sorry. And then Jazz, Pablo Reyes is a friend buddy, of mine whose sister's gets sorry. pushed back to center field. So there was a question and answer session with him. Jazz, they asked him, how do you feel about being pushed out to center field? He's okay with it. He just needs to... I don't I'm like still... it, though. I don't like it. Well, when you when you trade for or acquire 15 second basemen, yeah. that happens. Jorge and I, while that... When FanFest was over and we saw... It was actually Saturday night. 
uh, when the JJ Bleday trade went terrible. down, we're like, why? I mean, yes, listen, left-handed arms, you can never have enough of them in the bullpen. Yep. Yeah. Okay? But we need bats. And maybe he was tearing up AAA. Maybe he wasn't ready for the majors last year. A lot of guys aren't. But there must be something that they saw. Give him the benefit of the doubt. I will. There must be something that they saw that said this kid's not going to get it. Teal Fridays are exciting. Love yeah. it. We Love wish it was more than five. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I still have my. You, I used to have a jersey of. I don't have the original teal. I, I have, have. I have the black. Uh, the black jersey with the silver Marlins across the front. Okay, I have the the pinstripe. But I believe it's black. It was two because I bought it right after the two thousand three World yep. Series with the World Series patch, and I believe that was black, not the teal. Because Lawyer hated teal. Oh no! Well, hey, I'm just glad we're we're incorporating it. No, and the thing is that remember they, they originally was opening day in ninety three. Wow, thirty years ago, amazing! It was all teal. Then yes. they put a the black, black rim. rim on the on the cap. It's still my then, favorite hat. That's is my favorite. It? That is my all-time favorite. Yeah, it's the, the teal the with the solid black. solid teal with the black And I, have, I may have that somewhere. I love that hat. I got to check. I'm going to my parents' house tonight. I, I, may, you, I, I want may all check. your vintage stuff that doesn't fit you or any of that anymore. I know you have amazing vintage Miami In terms of Miami Dolphin stuff especially. She, I'm waiting. Father, put that in I may. I'll, I'll, listen, I'm going, to, I'm going to my parents' house today. I'll, I'll, may, I may know. find something. My mother may have an old dolphin sweater or something like that. More than happy to rehouse. So yeah, she's 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 all about that. Talk about World Baseball Classic. Let's do our prediction. World Baseball Classic. Two two weeks. Who do we got? Uh, I love it. I love it. Dr. Me too. I I don't think there's gonna be a runaway. I want to say Italy, but Mike Piazza cannot coach that to anything. I'm biased. I'm biased. Dr. Venezuela, U.S. Come on, Puerto Rico. So tickets Uh, are on sale now. You sell them. They're selling them in stores. Are you are you shilling for the Marlins? No, well, no. Just so if people are interested, because it is, it's a very, very fun event. We have it is a great championship event. here, so they're selling them in strips. Um, it is a little cheaper to do that as opposed to buying one game for like two hundred dollars. Whoa! Something. No, I saw it on StubHub. The yeah. DR Venezuela game is like out of control. DRPR on a Wednesday night, seven o'clock. Psh, really quickly, Ashley, because were you were you at the Houston game on Friday? You uh, Heat Heat Rockets. No, that one. That the, the, the alley oop. No, that us. was that was great, but back to back games going down. I the wish wire. they did that play in the Knicks when I was up there at the Garden. That yeah, would have helped. Until Tyler Hero's miss. No, I'm really excited how the Heat are progressing. We have the uh, Nets coming up, which obviously we're in a tiny no tonight. They have the Nuggets. The Nuggets, but then we have the Nets on uh, oh. Wednesday. What's left of the Nets? Yes, but the, we're right now, behind them. Now, really, because that happened. It was a big story last week. Your thoughts on the Heat's. In activity during the trade deadline? Uh, I love Deadman, so I was a little upset about that, but that's me being but biased. But we traded him, for, and a, yeah. traded him and a second-round pick to San Antonio for cash consideration. I'm thinking we're opening up to make a trade, and nothing happened. I want a big name. They waved him, by the way. We need that big name. We need that Westbrook. We need that big, big, big Westbrook's name. Westbrook's still out? I mean, I don't think they bought him out yet. But no, but we need that big name. I it's $47 million that Utah owes him. Kyle that's Lowry, a lot of I thought he was on the chopping block. He was. Apparently... They say, and Duncan I don't think Robinson, this is true. Did you hear this story? With what? That they had Pat a trade Riley. in principle with the with the Clippers to trade Lowry out there for I don't know who. Yeah, yeah. And that he was resting in his office. You told me that. You sent me that story. I'm like. No, we didn't do it I, I think that if he was resting in his office, that means that Riley says, my answer didn't do anything. But one of my favorite quotes is, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Are it's we a broken a, franchise right now? I don't we're think not we're a broken, broken franchise so where they have the eighth best record in the NBA. Tyler's we're fourth in the year. East. Tyler needs to be low. He hit a big shot on on Saturday night. He always night. does. He hits those no, two-second shots. Not, in the not on. He missed uh, not one on. He missed one late in 
against Houston, which prompted the alley oop. Also, the one against the Knicks, and then the Knicks in yeah. New York. So, power forward, point guard, very moves. Yeah. No, very, very, no, very necessary because, and and like I said, I don't think Russell's the answer because Russell, I think, is he's not a cancer in the, in the way that in the way that um, what do you call it in the way that uh, who's Kerry uh, Irving is. No. But we just have a good team dynamic all the way from the top that goes spills down to the bottom. The fan dynamic, the front office. We have a really, really, really good uh, system in play. Uh, is that going to make us into the get us into the Eastern Conference Finals this year? I don't know. There's so much talent up there: Philly, Boston, Milwaukee. I mean, we see these names every year. Yep. But we cannot be a, a subpar average team this year. We have to yep. guarantee our playoff spot. So I will be there tonight. So yeah, you'll be there tonight, and hopefully and you'll be Denver and Jokic and the the MVP. So. Oh, congratulations, Scotty Scheffler, for winning the Waste Management Open. That is such an event. I keep I keep throwing George off with these random. No, ones. I got that one. I knew that one. You did. I that? knew that one. Did you see the 16th hole, the stadium hole? No. Oh, you had to see that. I'll show I'll show you a nice uh, uh, hole in one that they made. Uh, Ricky Fowler made a hole in one in that tournament. But it's like people were just out of control, and they and they that's what they want. And the golfers like it, but only once a year. No. They they like it. <laughs> no, but there, there's a lot of fun stuff. Uh, there's there's a Big, um, there's a big Liverpool Everton <coughs> match today, so whatever. <laughs> anyway, I'll be watching. Yeah, let yourself be bothered by Jesus, folks. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.